0: Hello, beautiful souls. Before we begin, I just wanna share a few freebies with you. First, if you subscribe on my website, your name and contact info will be put in a jar that I pray on every morning. The angels also have me pick a few people from that jar every week to text personalized angel messages to. That could be you. All you have to do is subscribe on my website. Also, you could win a free session with me if you write a positive review of this podcast on iTunes. After you post a glowing positive review on iTunes, just email me with your name, contact info, and review, and you'll be entered into a monthly drawing to win a free session. For details on all of this, visit my website, www.jancis.com. That's spelled J-A-N-C-I-U-S.com. You're listening to Angels and Awakening, where we believe daily life can be lived from a constant state of love, joy, peace, bliss, ease, and grace. Why are people always searching for a better way to live? Because there is one. Life doesn't have to be stress-filled and anxiety-ridden. You can make lasting changes that lead to a life you love. My name's Julie Jancis. I have the gift of connecting with angels and bringing through their healing, positive messages to my clients every day. Join us on the Angels and Awakening podcast each week as we explore big spiritual questions, interview experts, and bring through angel messages. I'm so excited you're here. Welcome everybody to Angels and Awakening. This is Julie Jancis. I'm so excited that you're here because we have an amazing guest today, Alexa Schill. She is somebody in the local Chicagoland area who works with kids. Today, we're talking all about high vibrational children, zero to 18, even those in their 20s because a lot of the Children here today, zero, um, even those in their 20s, they're going through a lot. They're much high vibrational souls. They're older souls who have come here for a very specific purpose to help us here on earth. And the energy is just heavier here. It is a transition to come here to adjust. And we have to look at that on a day-to-day basis. Life schedule and how we work with children to get them where they need to be. So, Alexa, thank you so much for joining the podcast, for coming on. I want you to tell us more about you and what you do.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for having me. (laughs) Of course. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, working with children is something that I've always done. Um, Early ages, I always just really felt connected, I don't know if it's to that vibration or just that level of of acceptance and love and, you know, kids are so fluid with their emotions. Um, So I've worked with kids most of my life and it just kind of all transitioned into a collaboration of little bits and pieces of what I've done. I started as a massage therapist, um, started practicing yoga about 20 years ago when I was pregnant and... Um, I've always been a writer and a painter, and I have just created different classes for children um, to kind of have a little bit of everything to help them balance out that vibration and not to shift or change their vibration, but almost to kind of help them to get to where they need to be. I feel like a lot of the push-pull that we're seeing With children, isn't necessarily them. It's kind of them coming into a space or an environment, whether it's family, school, social, where they don't quite fit. And they're very cognizant of what that feels like and that it doesn't feel good. So, the classes that I offer, um, we incorporate yoga, meditation, we talk about the power of prayer, um, we paint, we dance, we cry, we write, and just kind of just give them those self care. I don't know, tools, I guess, is a great word. Um, I know it's used so much, but just to practice that self-care at a younger age, because they really, they really don't want to be and will not be confined into this box that we as a society have created and kind of have this expectation that this is the way you do and this is the way you do it. Um you know, my question always is, well, why? <laughs> you know why? So the classes I teach um, are kind of more of just a collaboration of my experience, um my childhood experience, and then moving forward with that with right now. That's beautiful. You know, as
0: I was looking on the website, and it's really affordable too. I mean, you can buy a package of ten classes for eighty nine dollars for your child. And does that, Include all those different things that you're talking about.
1: So my classes, yes, I run a six-week series every night on Wednesdays, and that series is a a collaboration of everything. I I do take a minute to kind of feel where the kids are at, and you know, kind of gauge what the hour and a half is going to look like. I could have all the plans in the world, but sometimes the class will end up being different. But we we typically do. We always do two different types of meditation per class. And then we do movement, whether it's yoga, a light flow, sometimes it's a little more movement. And then each week we offer something different, whether it's Reiki or um, painting or journaling, just those little things. And they build upon each other each week. So
0: let's talk about this because I want to go in a couple different ways here. The first is, you're right. We don't have to change the vibration of these children at all. I feel like we have to give them the tools, just like you said, to help them understand the vibration here and how to best handle themselves here. So, what are you seeing in terms of high vibe kids, what their experience of this life is, and what are some of those best tools to help them?
1: Oh, I love that question. That's great. Um, I think their experience sometimes is a little bit muddled, and that is where the anxiety comes in. You know, I'm seeing a lot of depression, um, really wanting to find a place because we all want to find a place. I mean, that's not, we're human, we need that connection. Um, but for them, because they, can read a room in half a second, or they can feel the way that room feels or people feel. They're just, they're, they're at a different level. So I think my biggest thing is that encouragement of saying this is such a small part of time, it is probably gonna offer you so much long-term, whether it's empathy or understanding or strength or power or self-worth. So even though it may hurt right now or be confusing, Let's get back to what that looks like, that self-care. What would you say to your best friend who is hurting? And we do talk a lot about that because a lot of times I see a lack of self-worth. Um, even with the younger kids they they really know they really know how different they feel and and they want to accept it, and their peers probably accept it. I see a lot of older people in our community, whether it's parents or people in their 20s or or beyond that are having a hard time wrapping their head around leading with love instead of judgment. These kids really already get that. So, you know, my biggest thing is I want to encourage them to keep that and then to figure out how to use that as a strength moving forward. And I always tell them it's going to end up being their superpower. These anxieties, these depressions, these chunks of time that seem really long are gonna are gonna end up being strong and it'll it'll end up being okay we just have to kind of work with it instead of just trying to get through it um but the anxiety is the biggest thing for them um anxiety really I think
0: yeah and where do you find them holding everybody holds their energy in different places of their body, but I find that teaching my clients how to work it out of the heart chakra or how to work it out of the shoulders or work it out of wherever they're storing it in the body. So do you do some work with that? Yes, we
1: do. And thank you for kind of coming full circle because I actually, I forgot half the question. So that's great. No, that's good. That's good. Like, oh, cause I, I'm so passionate about these kids, but um, yes, we when we are in our yoga practice or when we are doing our breathing through the, the meditation, we typically start with a meditation. And that's something I really cue on. You know, if you're taking a deep breath and you feel a tightness, let's, let's bring love to that area. And then we we will talk about the chakras. We'll talk about opening that space, but also, you know, does your back hurt? Do your shoulders hurt? And we talk a lot about that emotional connection to our physical body and how you know, our body is carrying our spirit. So it's gonna manifest in those ways. And even with my my little kids, I do work with much younger kids as well. And we talk about that. So we do chakra work. I have um, a friend of mine that comes in and she offers Reiki um, as part of the meditation. And we just really plant that seed of body awareness every class over and over and over again. And I'll always say, I know I already told you this, but let's just check in because our bodies really do speak to us. And that's usually our emotional voice also kind of trying to line up and get the attention.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to go back to something that you said, because it's so valuable. Um, You had noted how the kids that you're working with can read a room in less than a second, and they don't feel like they belong. Talk to me a little bit more about that and how that ties in with just how empathic and empathetic these children are, because, I mean, that's the way that I used to feel when I was a child, and I knew I didn't belong. You know, I was two years old when, um, and this date, it checks out, it's almost to the day, two years old, and my parents were at a funeral, and my grandmother was trying to explain God and heaven to me. And I said, Grandma, I already know I was in heaven with God before I came here to be with mommy and daddy. Oh. And she used to always tell that story. Um, but I knew really early on that I didn't have my place here. I didn't have my place there. And that was hard, Yes, you know, 35 years ago. I'm I'm so happy that so many more of them are here today that they have each other, but they're also very isolated as children. They don't have that way to connect yet. I, I'm just so fascinated by this because the things that it's taken me 35 years to learn, they're learning here now with you at age five, six, seven. I mean, that's so uh, incredible, so beautiful.
1: It's. It is really neat. And it's actually, it's happened so organically. I think it's, I mean, it's something, it's something I've always felt. So that's, it's kind of just like you at a very young age, I felt, I felt the exact same way. And really having those huge moments where, and I'm sure you had them too, where you're like, okay, I kind of just have to I have to get through. <laughs> I have to get through this. And, you know, I, I have to, I always say, I call it growing up backwards because you feel so much right away. And especially when you're younger, we had, we didn't learn those mechanisms to like shut it down. Really? So, totally. Right. So it's coming at us all the time. And I, I see it with these children. So what I try to offer is instead of shutting it down, let's celebrate it. And let's, let's think about how that feels when you walk into a room, because reading a room is, is a good thing. But at first, and and sometimes even as an adult, if I step in and I'm not totally prepared, it comes on so quickly, but I, I'm older so I can leave. (laughs) You know, if it doesn't feel good, I can leave. Um, these kids can't. So I try to remind them, um, and, you know, it's not even that they necessarily want to leave. And I know that their parents are trying to maybe understand and help them navigate. But, you know, it's really that self-worth and that that self-preservation that I talk to them about. And let's get prepared to go into this room. And what does that feel like? And And also don't try to talk yourself out of that feeling because those feelings that are coming at you, are so pure and so true. And that's your intuition. And it may be louder than somebody else next to you, um, but it's there for a reason. Mm -hmm. Let's figure out how to, how to work with it. And um, even if it's excusing yourself for a minute or taking a breath or talking yourself, you know, I do a lot of self-talk. Let's talk to yourself in your mind and figure out what that looks like. Kind of, you know, put that shield up Mm -hmm. and, you know, give them those those different ways of of being able to work with it instead of just having to deal with it. Yeah. Two very different things. Um, but it's exhausting, you know, yeah. at a young age. Yeah. Well, and it's hard too because it's
0: something that I think really takes a partnership from the parents as well, right? So um I have to be very mindful as a parent that my daughter is so keenly aware of the children that she's around, who she's um, playing with and who is energetically serving her and who is not. Because uh, I find myself or I used to find myself trying to push her with some people who she just was not vibing with. And they're great kids. They're both great kids on their own. It's just she just
1: not her people not it her was situation.
0: just not her people totally totally um and so i had to be mindful of that as a mom right to say okay it's easier for her to get together with so and so but that's not her people so let's go into our uncomfortable zone it's going to take a little bit more time but let's build those other friendships up with who she wants to be with
1: mhm oh my gosh yes i As a parent, I totally, (laughs) I totally know. And again, it brings us back to that place of surrendering and that place of really kind of stepping out of that space and letting her guide, let them guide. Right. Um, Because like you said, they're great people. This isn't a case of, you know, somebody making bad choices or making fun of your child. It's just the vibration and it's just And learning that that's okay. You know, not every, one of my friends, he's a therapist. He's wonderful. He's like, well, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea all the time. Or that that person isn't going to be your cup of tea. And it's totally okay. Yeah. I think that's very hard for them though,
0: from what I'm seeing, because we come from a place where that's truth that there is all love, that we are all connected, that we're, we're all loved by one another. So much so that what I see on the other side is that we don't have to speak to one another because our feelings, our emotions, our thoughts are just absorbed by one another. Mm-hmm. So talk to me more too about parents because, you know, I try to be mindful of this, but my daughter will even come to me and say, you're always on your phone. You're you're always watching your phone. Um, and we do so much work on our phone. If I don't get back to people, if I don't call people back, I'm not booking my sessions and then I'm not working, right? So, So there is some play on the phone, but what she doesn't see is how much work is on there. But yet we have to be able to turn that off and be present with them. So one of the things that we've been doing at my house is since about November, every night we have this routine. We pick her up from school. We're very blessed. My husband's a teacher. So we hi- we go right over three days a week to work out at the gym. Um, we maybe swim together or do some rock climbing afterwards together. We go home, we eat dinner, we play some cards. We've been incorporating like cards into our, our <laughs> nightly routine. And, um, we listen to Alexa. We say, hey, Alexa, you know, play Taylor Swift. We're jamming out to Taylor, playing our cards, and then we, we get cleaned up and we go to bed. So that feels really good, um, but I know that it wasn't always that way for us, that we were coming home from work and school, you know, watching some TV, making dinner. We're much more fussy with one another and then crashing right? Yes. So, so what are you seeing in that route? And what are you, um, how can people work through some of this?
1: You know, I, I think that's the balance that we're all kind of always trying to figure out. I mean, I, I totally, you know, exactly what you're saying. There are moments in life where we're spending that time and we're, it's very conscious. And then there are moments in life where consciousness is kind of being pulled in a different direction and things can get off balance. But I really think it's the quality over quantity, whether you have five to 15 minutes to sit and look at your child while you're talking, um, ask them questions. I mean, that's my thing sometimes. I'm like, am I even looking at them? Like, I know I'm answering them, but am I really making that eye contact and being present? Um, but I think most parents feel the same way, and but because of where we are as a society and um, the awesome pr- like progression of evolution and mindfulness and people really feeling that push to shift and change, it's really neat because I'm seeing more of that mindfulness even if it's just in bits and pieces you know three days a week that's huge in the big picture because you're making that conscious effort to connect and we really only know our kids as well as they want us to as they get older so if we can incorporate just a little bit throughout the week that little bit of quality whatever that looks like for your family it makes all the difference in the world. It keeps that communication open. It keeps that connection open, and they know that they that they have you, that you are their people, and you're you're forming that bond. Um, but whether it's ten minutes a day or ten hours a week, it's something, and I think it's just that conscious effort. But I think most parents feel feel bad. You know, we feel like we we want to give that attention, and and our kids are very aware if they're not getting it. And if your child's vocal about it, that's an awesome cue to, as an adult, readjust. Instead of talking them out of it, um, which, I mean, sometimes I'm like, what are you talking about? I've done this, this, and this, right? Very human reaction. Um, I try to press pause and say, well, okay, what what does that mean? What would you like to do? Right. You know, because maybe what they want is so much different than what I think I'm giving. Right. It's so different, Um, but I think a lot of parents, because everything's kind of on the table right now and and they're they're kind of coming back um, to that balance and wanting Mm -hmm. it for themselves. So I think they're they're starting to kind of pay attention a little bit differently and and breaking through different conditions and um, different ideas of what we thought family should look like. Totally,
0: totally. So that brings me to my next point, which is you could say that a lot of these kids are very old souls, right? And that maybe even older soul than us as parents. But at the the same time, we are the parents in this role right now. They are the children and there are things that they have to learn. Um, It's Parenting though, for me, I am having to break so many different chains, chains of, um, you know, my dad just shutting me down and everything and really not having a voice to speak with my dad, um, to warmth. I don't think I really learned warmth and nurturing as a child, so learning how to be warm and nurturing to my daughter for me is something that I've had to learn, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm just wondering how are you seeing the parents shift through some of these norms that were norms to us as a kid? How are they breaking those norms, breaking those chains, and parenting in different ways so that? You just don't have kids who are screaming, you know, in the stores and they're just out of control. We have to, we have to parent in some way, right? How do we parent with love? How do we parent with mindfulness and consciousness? And, oh,
1: there's so much to it. (laughs) Oh,
0: I know. We could talk for days.
1: (laughs) It's so true. And it's, it's always changing. And I think as a parent, it, it seems like once you kind of feel like you, you've got it and you're on a roll, something changes and you have to readjust. So uh, true. But I, I think, I think a few things about that. The first is I feel our children are here for us, sometimes more than we are here for them. I think having a child opens up a space in your heart so differently than any other experience that creates an opportunity to heal if we let it. Like you said, you need, you need to learn how to be warm. Um, you needed to learn how to bring that nurturing side of you, but that required healing because that little girl inside of you really wanted that warmth and you wanted that acceptance and that nurturing. Mm-hmm. So it's requiring you to heal in order to give it. Mm-hmm. even if it's not, Even if you may not feel this huge shift there's that level of need and maybe remorse and um, like you said, you need to you need to unbreak you need to break that conditioning so you don't carry it through your your to your child because she she needs it. she needs that love. So it's kind of an awesome opportunity that kids give us totally to do our work. Um, and I find that fascinating because I really think that's like the number one thing. Um, also, There's a lot of surrendering that we're required to do because so much of, I think, our experience can often be fear-based. Like, if we really step back and, you know, think, okay, well, why do I think this way? Is this my thought or was this my parents' thought? Is this my thought or my husband's thought? Is this, (laughs) I mean, the list is endless. Um... So again, when we kind of are able to surrender and call on spirit, I mean, I really believe in the power of prayer. Um, I really whatever that looks like to to anybody, to any of your listeners out there, um, I don't believe it's like one secular thing or way. I think it, totally. it right it's I mean, we are so interconnected that has nothing to do with our religion or the color of our skin or social class. It's more about our soul connection. Um, but you know, praying and really asking for guidance and and being being honest and like being able to surrender in that moment and working through that fear. Um, and it takes it takes a long time sometimes to do that as a parent because it's scary. And raising another person can be very scary. But I think a lot of it is because it brings up stuff that we've already gone through mm-hmm. that hasn't healed yet. Sure. So it sure. comes full, full circle again. Um And I always, you know, I I think that that's just such an awesome opportunity. Um, And to be mindful not to project, not to project our experiences onto them. Um, They're valuable and we are supposed to be their mentors, but I've learned often the hard way, I have three kids, um, that their experience is really theirs. If I could step out of the way a little bit more, you know, then God's path can happen more organically. Like I'm not supposed to be really in the way of that or controlling it. I love that. Yeah. That's hard.
0: It (laughs) is. It is. So hard. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so mom to mom, you've got a kid in target and he's throwing down, you know, about getting that dang toy. Um, What do
1: you do? I think it depends on the moment. Um, There have been times where I've thought, well, maybe I should just get them the toy because when was the last time I just bought them something to buy it? Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes, at least for myself, um, I watch the amount of money I'm spending, you know, and if I see that money go up, I, for me, I have like this I've had, I have a weird relationship with it. So I try to think like, really is the five or $10 going to break the bank? And when was the last time I, it was a surprise. So I, I that. Um, but then I'm also like, I'll sit it out with you. Like I'll sit down and wait until you're done. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, we, we, we can talk about it and kind of yeah. line. Um, and there have been times where I've just left. I said, okay, that's it. And I'll pick up whoever is having the tantrum and leave everything we have and and we'll just go. Yeah. Um, So So it really depends on the moment. It really does. And, you know, that darn Target, like I try to avoid the toy toy island island, all the time. well, I love it, but you know to
0: to all my listeners um if you've got kids, you understand, but if you haven't had kids younger kids within the last five years, YouTube has changed the game with oh everything because oh. now youtubers are opening up these presents like they're like every day is Christmas, yeah. and kids are just expecting um that every time that they go and these toy companies have bought into this. So now these little dinky toys that probably cost 30 cents to make, they're charging 10 bucks and I'm not joking you 10 bucks. I know those LOLs.
1: Yes. That's exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So we, um, yep. So that's exactly what, what we do each time. I try to prep my kids and I'll say, we're not getting any toys today. Um, and again, it depends on the day. It depends on the week. If they really, really want to get something, um, what does that look like? You bring your bring your money you've saved. You know, we, we do allowance. Um, yeah. Or if they save money from a birthday or whatever. And that's always funny because by the time we get there, sometimes they don't even want to spend their money when it's reversed, you know? Totally. Right? Yep. So it just really depends on the moment. But um, you're right. There's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. To, to buy, to consume. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, and it's not just with money. So it's also with our attention right now too. And, you know, my daughter, um, I'm just going to say it. she was in a unique situation. She was in the hospital for the first six months, pretty much it was off and on, um, but pretty much just needed full medical care for the first six months and the first year and a half was really rough too because um, she didn't start eating by mouth until she was three years old and she still has a tubey. But because it was so hard earlier on, you know, when the doctors were coming into the hospital, I had SpongeBob playing because I know she wasn't understanding it, but she was tracking it with her eyes <laughs> and it would keep her quiet. Yeah. So, I mean, and then we had um, 13 different like um, therapists or doctors for the first three years that we were constantly in their offices. So the iPad was almost a lifesaver because then I got to focus my attention on what the doctors were saying, but it created a bad habit. So now we've got this iPad. We were in Hawaii last summer. We were in like the most beautiful places in the entire world for our 10th anniversary Took her because, you know, her her medical needs are still so complex and uh, she didn't want to watch what was going on outside of the bus, you know, or where we were. She wanted to watch her iPad and I couldn't get through that. You're not going to be seeing this again. You know, this is just fleeting, like soak it up while you're here. How do we get their eyes off of the screens and back into life.
1: That is so hard.
0: (laughs) I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) So
1: hard. No, it's like, it's so true because again, it's one of those things that there's so much fluidity to it because it depends on the moment. And I think sometimes, like you said, you're in a doctor's appointment, right? You need to give your attention to that doctor so, you you know, you can move forward and it created a situation where now that's kind of where her attention is. But I think that's so true of of all kids. Um, I think, again, it goes back to finding that balance and whatever that looks like for your family. I mean, we've done it so many different ways, whether it's um, TV turnoff week, Monday through Friday, and then we do a movie as a family on Friday night, takeout night, kind of make it special. or with the screens, we have had moments where I mean, I feel like everybody's thrown down for a good week of like detox. And just, yeah, you know, and it's hard, and it's you know, it's something that um, I guess I go into knowing it's going to be hard, and then we slowly maybe find that balance and implement it again. I mean, I've I've hidden their iPads before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've you know, just kind of just to reset, and I think the yeah. reset that helps finding that balance and resetting um
0: oh totally because they realize that there's life outside of that box again and that it's fun to go outside and play it's fun to go play with chalk it's fun to go do this and that
1: definitely. totally We do reset we have to reset too though right sometimes that that can be tricky mm-hmm. um, but yeah I think and because kids are so um we're humans like we we're very um, what is that word? We acclimate. Yeah. We we can acclimate most, most of the time. Totally. Um, I think then kids kind of then settle into that, that routine. And like you said, it's almost like they, they wake up and it's really finding that balance because there's so much good and so much bad to social media. If it's, mm-hmm. if it's too much, then it's, it's bad. It's like anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes if it's too little, um, you know, they may be missing something that could be fascinating or connecting them to something that they're really interested in. So, sure, you know, right, think- because there are
0: good shows on now. Like if anybody's listening to this, there are some really great shows on Netflix and I'll put this in the information um, in the show notes so that you can see it right in that first paragraph. But um, there's like Who's Who or something like that on Netflix where they're actually biographies on interesting people. There's also, I think it's called Things Explained, where they go in and they talk about all science stuff, but in a really cool way with magicians and different people. So I'm not anti-TV at all. I just... um,
1: There's a balance.
0: Totally. Totally. Yeah. So for our listeners out there who have the older kids, I really want to dive into some topics for them because we're seeing so much. And I think a a news story just popped up on my phone this morning. For anybody listening, I'm not sure exactly when this is going to be up, but today it is April 9th. And in that news story, I want to say the statistic was that suicidal thoughts in teenagers have doubled. Yeah. and There is so much more depression. And the kids that I'm working with are just so highly empathic, so in tune with the vibrations of everything around them. And like you said, to your point at the beginning, not fitting in, not feeling like they have a place. How do we help these children know their place, know their worth
1: and feel comfortable here? Oh, I love that. Um I think that's exactly it. How do we help them feel comfortable here? Um and it depends on the situation. You know, I think you know, if you have children that are in school, public or private, um unfortunately the schools, you know, it's funny because it's cause and effect of everything. You know, the schools don't have um and I don't know if it's funding or just maybe lack of focus sometimes and I hate to say it because I know people are paying attention but too many times it takes a child trying to commit suicide or a child getting into so much trouble before they get the help they need in the school environment. So I really think if your child is in school you know, we need mentors in school, not just teachers. We need mentors. We need people that our children are spending eight to 10 hours a day to kind of, you know, to create a collaboration with us um, and to step into that space of mentoring. And that's very, very, very important to any of my teachers listening because um, most people when they're called to work with children and they're called to teach, it's coming from a place of wanting to make a difference. And, I know there are a lot of restrictions sometimes, especially as our children get older on how we can make a difference and what that looks like, but we can, and it's just really figuring out the way to do it Um, and not waiting for a child to hurt themselves or to try to commit suicide. I mean, that's, that's statistic. Um, You know, the last one I read, it was over 83% of children ask for help before they try to commit suicide. That's that's big, because it's not that these kids aren't talking about it, and it's not that they're not asking for help. Um, it's that there's almost like this dismissive nature or this, uh, I don't know what it is of, of like, oh, well, kids are kids. And I know there's that fine line of, you know, they're just being a teenager, or they're going through a hard time. But a lot of these kids are very vocal about what they're feeling, and I think sometimes there's that lack of mentorship and that lack of really hearing and feeling what they're saying. Um, so when you have children that are coming to you, I think we need to help them differentiate how how big those feelings are and what that looks like. You know, call upon the counselors, call upon you know the Reiki practitioners, you know the yoga, something outside of their environment that's causing them stress, that can provide that mentorship, that can bring in that self-worth and and to help them feel like this is not who they're going to be forever. You know, this experience m- may not even be who they are, but how they deal with it will, will help them become who they're supposed to be. And there's power in that. Um, but they do, they need help. They need counselors, mentors, all of it. Uh, One thing
0: that I'm bringing through from spirit right now on that is, and and I should say, you know, we're not certified professionals to be speaking on suicidal topics. So if there's somebody listening right now who needs that help, please reach out to uh, a medical professional who does. But so much of this is the way that our society has been run right the last 100 years and that our self worth were were created in a way at least our generation was were raised in a way to believe that our self worth is so heavily in the work that we do Yes. Or in our body or in this or in that. And what I find when I read into the energy of all of this is that it is people putting so much of who they are, their self-worth into one thing mm-hmm. that when something goes wrong with that one thing, they don't have any grounding underneath them. They can't feel the ground underneath them anymore. They feel completely
1: lost. Yes, and that's you know, and that's kind of what, like you said, what the side that we're feeding into um, you know and our expectation for um our kids like to kind of bounce back instantly from that feeling i mean that's that's ridiculous because it's it is that one thing, so say they don't do well at that one thing, but it's that one thing magnified because. That one thing could be how well they do in school. Well, that's huge because that—that that is such a big self-worth thing in our society. Um, what? What are your grades? You know, what are you the best athlete by the age of ten? I mean, by the time they're eighteen, they're ready to tap out completely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Instead of it being a journey of experiences, mm-hmm. we, we have boxed them in. And I think what we're seeing more with these kids, which is actually kind of cool. Um, because it's requiring parents to change the way they're parenting and it's requiring schools to offer a different type of support, there are a hundred different ways for us to get to where we're going and and these people know this already, and the environments that that we have grown accustomed to are not serving anymore I mean they're not serving us in our thirties, forties, fifties i mean people we used to call it the midlife crisis, you know, and right right and yeah um and now people are saying you know they're having those aha moments sooner like wait this doesn't fit and i think that's why we need to step in and say you know you're right this doesn't fit for you mm-hmm. so let's explore different types of education let's call upon those programs that we're supposed to have that are funded that are supposed to really help us navigate through the day if if a traditional day isn't working you know let's let's rethink how we're doing it. Yeah. yeah, my
0: girlfriend's moving to Florida and she said it's fascinating because you know you, you and I both live in Illinois and here where we live in Chicagoland your high schoolers go to school first in the morning, six, seven, something. Then next is the middle school bus run. And then the latest is the elementary school kids. Well, in Florida, she said it's the elementary school kids who are up the earliest, who can get up the earliest. So they're the ones who start at seven, finish at one. And then the middle school kids, then the high school kids. So they completely
1: flipped it, right? I mean, it makes just so much more sense. Yes, it does. And that's what I, that's what I, I keep seeing. It's like those changes. Let's just do them. I mean, the ones that really make sense, um, there's going to, I really feel there's a push, like it's going to keep coming up to the surface until we really do make those changes because that makes sense. You know, they need to sleep. I mean, kids' hormones and lack of sleep or lack of family connection, um, lack of mentorship. There's, there's a lot of lack. So anything we can do to kind of, well,
0: let's go back to that mentorship. I'm so sorry to cut you off. Did you have another, um, uh, because it's, uh, when you were saying that spirit was also showing something where i don't like the words alternative medicine i like the words complementary medicine because we do live in this legal society you know you and i probably aren't professional trained people to work with this but yet we do work with kids who have um depression or different issues that they're going through um and they're both needed right? They're both needed on both sides. You need that medical, legal perspective. Um, You need that therapy. I totally encourage that because there is a lot of benefit in that. But then we also need people who do energy work, who do work exclusively with kids like you do, to come in and help with that mentorship piece. And what Spirit was saying is just how I tell all of my listeners that we all have a spirit team on the other side. You know, when you come to see me, one of the biggest things that I say is you have to put together your spirit team here. So who is that for you? And it can be a combination of a lot of different resources, a lot of different tools a lot of different people um
1: do you agree oh that's awesome I love that Um, I might I might teach that in my class tomorrow (laughs) and my my friend says spirit team yeah I love that because we I talk about that a lot with my kids like you may have a lot of people in your circle but it doesn't mean they're in your corner Mm -hmm. so find those people you know your spirit team because it's it could be one or two people and that's it and that's perfect. That's yeah. all you need, but the people you can really be authentic with and have those experiences of being whoever you are, you know, whoever you need to be. I love that spirituality. Yeah. Thank you. You know, there's one more thing
0: that Spirit's bringing through too, and that's for any of the parents listening right now who feel like their kids are going through um, something just heavier, whether it's just um, issues with friends or, or depression or just sadness. But I think it's really important for us as parents to look at where and ask the questions, okay, well, why is he or she feeling that way? What um, is he or she putting his self-worth in where it's making the energy so much more heavy? One of the things that I know my girlfriends and I try to do with a group of girls um, that my daughter runs around with is show them and teach them that they don't just have a best friend. Right? We don't allow them to use the word best friend. We say you have a lot of best friends because if there becomes like a conflict between one of them, then automatically she doesn't have this belief system that she doesn't have a best friend anymore, that she has lots of other friends that she can go to because sometimes we just need time before those relationships come back together. Maybe we just need some space. the same goes for kids who are so invested in their grades. I know there was a time where one of the moms told me, I have to tell my kid to just go out and have some fun sometimes yeah. because the construct in his mind was just study, 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 study. So um, it's really the way that we get to the energy in the work that I do is by asking ourselves questions and we can do that in our role as parents for our kids.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. Just, just the reminder to, to break it down like the how, how mm-hmm. do you feel this? How did you get to how to where you are feeling or the yeah. why? Yeah. planting those seeds and yeah because nine times out of 10, it maybe happened a few days ago and it built up into that moment. Right. You know, there are all these other layers and, um, and there's a really neat vulnerability um, to friendship that children, I mean, it's not even a vulnerability because they're so natural. They're so open mm-hmm. and to keep that openness and that, that love. Um, you know, I, I think that that that's huge in itself because we are going to go through this life and and have different experiences and some are painful and some um, maybe even knock us down for a few years, but it really can serve a purpose mm-hmm. if we help them figure out how how to build strength and pull strength from it. And I think those relationships are are so beneficial you know, and to, to have those groups of friends or, um, those people just to have that spirit group. I think it's huge. That's awesome.
0: Thank you so much for being on the show today. It was wonderful. I want people to know where they can find you, seek you out, because I know I'm going to be talking, taking my daughter in, um, to your classes. You know, it's so funny that we can teach this all day long, but Our kids still don't listen to us all the time. And um, I would love for her to come see you to get to get this. Uh, She she definitely needs it. And I know that you could serve her very well. So I'm so excited that I personally got to meet you. I'm so excited that all of our listeners got to meet you. But where can they find more of you online, your website, social media, all
1: of that? Yeah, we um, I'm at Shine Yoga Studio in Batavia on River Street. And I lead a teen series class every Wednesday from four fifteen to five thirty. But I also um, do special events or groups. So if you and your daughter and a couple of the moms and their friends want to come in, uh, I often do that. So well, have fun! Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can reach me through there. And I do. Um, I also do private parties, so I'm open to coming to you as well. So my, Ooh, maybe
0: we'll just have you out through, um, the work that I do and we'll just put something together. Be, oh, how great. fun. That okay.
1: Be, so I'm always, I'm always open to that. And, and like you said, I mean, my kids really don't listen to me either. You know, <laughs> sometimes I know it's there. Um, but it is, it's having those outside experiences and, and like you, um, that's, I guess the biggest thing I'm seeing these these wonderful parents who are acknowledging that Mm -hmm. and giving their kids that attention like okay you know you you do you need something a little bit that's just for you and that mentorship and and it's really neat it's neat to see the net connection that comes full circle back with the parent and the child just because of that acknowledgement Mm -hmm. and that that experience so it's it can be really great and really fun
0: Oh, that's awesome! You know, everybody listening, I'd love to have um, Alexa on again. If you have questions for her, please um, hop on over to Instagram and let's continue this conversation. Oh, you know what? If you're hearing Alexa in the background, uh, she—oh,
1: she's all over in our house. Oh, (laughs) you know what? I have gone 42 years without ever finding my name on a coffee mug (laughs) or. You know, those cute barrettes that like stores used to sell, never had Alexa. And now <laughs> I'm like, I'm, you know, now you're everywhere. Yeah, know. <laughs> totally, totally oh, crazy. Oh, that's hysterical. So, um, uh, but
0: if anybody has any questions, I would just hop on over to Instagram or Facebook, message me those questions or just post them. And we will have those answered in the next episode together. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and then are you on
1: Instagram or Facebook? I am. So I okay. um, I also write children's books. Oh, wow. Yeah. So on Facebook, um under Harriet the Hippa Yogamas. Okay. Um, and it's a, a fun kind of positive meditation yoga book for kids, but yeah. also kind of more for adults. It, mm-hmm. it you know you're kind of planting those seeds through reading a story. Um yeah. so on Facebook it's Harriet the Hippa Yogamas as well as on Instagram. Fantastic. Um, Name, yeah. And I, I do have an Instagram under Alexa Rose.
0: Okay, and I'll um, get all of that from you and I'll put that up in the show notes as well. So if you're wondering where that is, just click on over to the details of this podcast episode and you can see it right there. But um, thank you, Alexa, so much for being with us today. And for everybody out there listening, um, I've been getting a lot of questions about how you book a session with me. You can do that on my website, uh, jancis.com, J-A-N-C-I-U-S.com. And also, I'm booking a lot of parties for this summer. I'm actually almost booked through um, mid-June. So if you're looking for a party to get all of your folks together, to do mini readings together, let's um, do that. You can learn more on my website, or you can just give me a call or email me, but I'd love to help you out with that. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Thank you. Bye. My dear friends, you don't know what an incredible, huge, huge, huge blessing it is to this podcast when you write a glowing, positive review for us. It truly helps us get the best experts on the show. I know this might sound a little complex, but if you send me an email after you post a glowing, positive review here, I will put your name into a monthly drawing to win a free 30-minute angel message session with me, and it may just be broadcast on this show at a later date. Your name will be kept in the drawing every month until you win. When you email me, don't forget to include your name, contact information, and positive review. I hope you win! Tune in for a new episode next week where I'll share tools and guidance that can help you fall in love with your life and start living it from a place of peace, bliss, and ease. Thank you so much for listening to the Angels and Awakening podcast. Until next time, know in your heart just how deeply you're loved on the other side and open up your heart to all of the random, unexpected blessings that your angels and your spirit team are trying to bring into your life right now. Disclaimer, this podcast provides general information and discussion about energy healing, spiritual topics, and related subjects. The conversations and other content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials are not intended and should not be construed as medical, psychological, and or professional advice. If the listener or any other person has a medical concern, he or she should consult with an appropriately licensed physician or other healthcare professional. Never make any medical or health-related decision based in whole or even in part on anything contained in the Angels and Awakening podcast or in any of our linked materials. You should not rely on any information contained in this podcast and related materials in making medical, health-related, or other decisions. You should consult a licensed physician or appropriately credentialed healthcare worker in your community in all matters relating to your health. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. Again, angel messages, energy healing, and the information you receive here does not constitute legal, psychological, medical, business, relationship, or financial advice. Do not take any of the advice given in any Angels and Awakening podcasts or sessions in lieu of medical, psychological, legal, financial, or general professional advice. Please note, Angels in Awakening is a podcast produced by Chicago Energy Healing, a company with locations in Wheaton and Naperville, Illinois.